Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wherever you are, 
Hello, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. It's the podcast where I ask artists about the other side of what they do, their discipline, their self-organisation, and perhaps the most trivial element of it all, working different jobs in order to keep going. On today's episode is Clara Mann, the excellent folk artist in London via Bristol. Her new EP, Stay Open, is out now, and I absolutely adore it. If you're into lovely, gliding folk, this EP is for you. Stay Open by Clara Mann. You can find it on Bandcamp and, and everywhere else online. I highly recommend it. Cheers to 2000 Trees for supporting the podcast. You can check out their amazing lineup at 2000treesfestival.co.uk. And if you want to get 20 quid off your ticket, you can use the voucher code 101pod at checkout. All right, here's Clara Mann on 101 part-time jobs. Go well. I mean, I don't know, like you said, I don't really know if the hard times ever end. I guess they do. I guess they do. <laughs> but they go on for quite a long time. Um, but I mean, I do enjoy it. I like having balance in my life. I do work part time. I've done lots of uh, odd jobs. I've done candy floss selling at Glastonbury Festival. I've worked in galleries, museums. Uh, I'm currently uh, looking after three tiny French children. So I'm a French nanny. Um, and I love that. That's my favorite one so far, actually. It doesn't sound like the one that's most fun, but it actually is. <laughs> um, is that because you can kind of be yourself and, and do yeah. lots of activities? Yeah, and actually, so, I mean, I wanted to use my French because I grew up in France and I'm bilingual and I wanted to sort of practice it. So that was the main reason for going for the job. But obviously, it's something that has to be part-time and flexible because I do tour as well and I also want to have room in my life to be able to prioritize music when I when I can um but what I really like about it is I feel like it brings out all the sides of me that the adult world and the music industry particularly don't leave room for so I mean obviously I love making music and I love everything well most of the things that come with it <laughs> um but getting to spend time with like the three-year-old I look after brings out like the gentleness and softness and peacefulness in me and there just isn't time or room for that when you're pushing and grafting when it comes to music. And um, so it's really lovely to be able to spend time with those parts of myself. Uh, and I'm very grateful for it, actually. And it brings a different pace into my life, apart from, you know, the very fast pace of the industry. Right. I mean, doing one thing all the all the time and that's going to take away. It makes me think that you know when you, you're into a good book or whether yeah. you've got a good a good book a, a good routine of reading or maybe it's watching interesting films those are those are all things that you get stories from that you can be inspired by really absolutely yeah and I mean I do apart from my jobs you know I, I do try to make time for those things because like you say that's where the creative stuff comes from that's where my writing comes from my inspiration particularly reading and like looking at paintings I love pictures I love drawing uh, so I try to make room for those, but they're always the things that come last in a way because they're not they're not thought of as essentials. You know, I have to make money, I have to earn, I have to have my job. I really have to do music because that's my drive in my life, my passion. So then the other things that sort of supplement that main passion tend to fall away when you're sort of pushing in both directions, financially, career-wise. Um, and I'm trying at the moment to really make space for those. So setting aside time for myself. I'm not very good at it. I'm working on it. 
it. Um, but I am trying to make time for those things. Like um, one major thing that's happened in my life recently is uh, I moved a desk from my room into our living room, which is where I'm sitting right now, um, so that me and my housemate could both do our drawing and painting and have somewhere like light and lovely to do it. And it's only been a week, but it really has made a massive difference to my life. <laughs> Just those little things, like prioritizing them for once. Absolutely. I mean, it's so interesting that, you know, when you say those are non-essential things, I mean, that really, that really puts it into perspective I because I mean, those tiny experiences that you have, I imagine, you know, is it, is it, would it be fair to say that when you're writing, you know, these, these experiences you have, they're not experiences that you were expecting, you know, they weren't in your diary. They weren't like, okay, I'm going to do that today. No, you know, no. it's things that catch you by surprise. Absolutely. And it's, you know, when you're on the bus and you write something down, that's such a classic one. I know so many musicians have their notes apps open on the bus and, and things like that. It is the things that surprise you and that you just happen to catch out of the corner of your eye. I think there's definitely, you know, I was definitely for someone for a long time who felt that, oh, I'm sort of powerless in the songwriting process. Things come to me. I have to wait for them. I just have to remain open to them and hope they come along, this kind of magic inspiration. Actually, although part that is definitely part of the songwriting process for me, um, I think I don't want to be someone who just waits for things to come to me. I do want to also push myself. And I think about like visual artists who have a practice every day whereby they sketch or writers who write every day, even if it's not you know, going to amount to anything long term. The establishing a practice is really really helpful and so I'm trying to do that at the moment um and with that comes obviously like making the space to write physically like I was talking about the desk uh and things like that um and I, I'm really enjoying that because it makes me feel less out of control in in the songwriting process yeah it, it sounds like there must be some kind of trade-off of control because <laughs> you want to be able to have that discipline in place mm. yet leave a bit of headroom for absolutely yeah. abstract yeah. thought or whatever it might be of course yeah and those are the things I think it's more about like creating a space where those things where you are ready to receive those things so like a peaceful physical space making time for those because if I don't I'm just busy all the time I'm not even leaving room in my head for those things to come to me so yeah. making the time and having a practice in the way I was just talking about that has been really helpful just making room and prioritizing writing for once I've just gone freelance again and you know for the first few days I was amazed that I had this many hours in the day <laughs> and then and then very quickly I thought oh shit you know I want to drill that wall I want to put that frame up I, I need to go to the shop to get dinner yeah. <laughs> that stuff can really stretch out can't yeah. it yeah, you know, yeah it's really you need to you need to give yourself hour you know you need to give yourself a, a like a timeline yeah I think it's also you know I do find it helpful to have a kind of patchwork of things that come into my life so whether they're creative things like drawing or reading or writing words down rather than just songs like the combination of those things I do find inspiring and I sometimes think that if I I mean obviously I would love to have the opportunity to just focus on writing sometimes but mm. it is nice to have inspirations coming from different places and even like we say those unexpected things so like spending time with the kids that I nanny for can be really inspiring sometimes and energizing especially if I'm feeling depleted in my creative process it's really nice to have energy from them bouncing back to me and so yeah. I don't you know I don't mind having different things going on as long as one of them doesn't become too dominant over the writing has it taken you a, a little while to work that out? I mean, when did you start writing? I started writing about three years ago, I guess. Oh, wow. Did you sort of turn the ratchet of that quite quickly, of, of putting that discipline in place? And, and thinking about it, I mean, for a lack of a better phrase, you know, thinking about it like an adult, you know, trying to be yeah, yeah. organized about it. I think I 
I think from the moment I started to take it seriously as like, okay, I think this might be a career thing for me rather than just something I do on the side, then it became really important um, to have some discipline around it. But to be honest, I mean, I, I think I am someone who likes having lots of things on the go. And like I said, I find that energizing. So I never, I don't think I wanted to stop doing all the other things. I just wanted to make them make sense. And I always felt that the songwriting was a thing that actually drew things together. So I love words. I love reading. I love writing things down. And that feeds into my songwriting. I love pictures. I love painting. I love going to galleries. And there are definitely pictures that come into my songs. You know, I'm quite a visual person. So in a way, this was sort of the thread that tied everything together um, and it became the dominant strain, as it were, um, rather than my eliminating all the other things to make room for it. They all just fed into each other in the songwriting and came together. Three years ago is kind of yesterday in, a, in, a, <laughs> in, the, in the context of everything, right? Did you have anything before writing music that that filled that creative space? I mean, I was, you know, I'm only 21 and I was 18 when I started writing. So until then, I thought that I was either going to go to art college or maybe go to university and go into like, I wanted to follow a sort of curation route with art history and French. I had a place, I had it all set up. I was going to go to university. uh, And then a month before, I was like, maybe I'll try and be a rock and roll star instead. Brilliant. (laughs) The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. quite reclusive I had like close friends but I didn't really go out out a lot in my teens I was quite studious um and yeah I did spend a lot of time drawing and painting I mean I also spent a lot of time probably being silly with friends like a normal teenager <laughs> yeah it's good, um, it's good for you it's good yeah, for the heart it's that. important and um, but yeah I definitely was very creative and I had friends who were also very creative so we did those things together um and yeah it just sort of carried on it made sense but it was a real surprise because I only started writing when I was like just before I turned 18, maybe that year. So it was, and it just sort of happened and came out of the blue. And I was like, oh, I really like doing this actually. And I'd always been musical, you know, I was uh, trained as a classical pianist. I did grades, I taught piano. Um, and I liked doing all that, but I had quite a traditional background in it. I'd never played the guitar. I'd never written songs. And I just started going to a lot of DIY gigs uh, where I was living at the time, which was in Bristol. And I'd get the bus into town with a friend and we'd go to like whatever was on. And so I started becoming interested in like grassroots music and my friends were all writing and playing and doing shows. And I was like, oh, that looks fun. Maybe I'll try that. (laughs) And I wrote a couple of songs just on my guitar and sort of had fun with it. And I put them on my band camp. I made a band camp. And it was just on my social media profile. The link was there. I wasn't, it was really just for fun. Um, and then people seemed to like it and people asked me to play shows. And then uh, I got picked up by Sag Club Records who released my first EP just through social media. They found me and they put out the EP about a year later. So it was really something that sort of came out of the blue, but then made so much sense when it happened. And as soon as I started putting aside time for it and enjoying it, I realized how exciting it was and how much I wanted to do more of it. Um, and here I am doing this. <laughs> I mean, I think it's incredibly inspiring when you can find something 
and 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 then create your own future out of it if you see what i'm saying you know you can see your future you can see a direction you can see what other artists that you may or may not sound like you know the direction the route that they've gone on totally Um, it's just so different to doing you know i had such a conventional route planned out for myself and i was really sure of it and you know it's arty but it was i wanted to go to university and then i go and, and do a job um great route as well absolutely wouldn't have worked for me I'd have been really all over the place with it. <laughs> and and I always say that like when you're in a creative career or even when you're self-employed it's kind of like you're making it up as you go along a bit and I think that is obviously risky sometimes a bit scary but it is exciting and I I always feel like I'm sort of rather than following a path I'm sort of rolling one out in front of myself as I go along and trying to step on it. <laughs> yeah is, is that how far ahead can you look? Because I suppose with, in terms of pragmatic stuff, mm. you know, it takes a few few months to get the EP on DSPs. And then if yeah, you're doing yeah. physical, obviously that brings it. So, but, but, you know, f- for your own sort of creativity and planning, how, how, how far do you tend to, to look ahead really? And, and do you tend to try and put, uh, you know, it sounds a bit crude to say, but goals or, <laughs> you know, like particular milestones for yourself? Um, I try to write regularly. That's the thing I'm really invested in is like the writing process, especially at the moment, you know, I've just released the CP. I'm trying to write as much as possible. Um, And again, talking about that practice and being committed to that. Um, I try not to set goals for myself that are too challenging because uh, I think music and anything creative is so unpredictable. You could exceed your goals by so much or fall short of them or completely different things could come up that you hadn't even seen coming. So what I try to do is just be really hopeful and open and invest in my own creative process and invest in the people around me who are helping me do that, whether it's my team or whether it's my friends and the people who support me every day. I try to invest in like in making it a good life right now and being good to myself so that I can keep writing and keep working and that's sustainable you know this is something that I want to do long term that's my goal is to keep doing this for a very long time Um, and that just means building really strong foundations and feeling good in what I'm doing and I think often if you push yourself too hard then you burn out and I don't want to do that there's a little cat here called um, Bon Jovi who's come to visit (laughs) as a cat I thought it might have been one of the French kids you were looking after (laughs) great what you just talked about there that's something that we're reading a lot about it's something that we're hearing a lot about you know a a balance of a career in music and and being an artist at large Mm. I mean do do you think that now is quite a good time to be an artist because they're you know they're 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 doesn't seem there's certainly not governmental uh support really there for for you or us but 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 it is in society you know we're reading articles in magazines and newspapers about about that balance um Mm. you know do you think do you think now's a quite good time to to take some a step back especially after covid and bands not being able to tour and and regaining some perspective i guess i can only talk about it from a personal point of view is that i you know my experience of music is that it, it's you put that you push yourself very hard so whether that's physically or emotionally there is no room for vulnerability and that's what I was talking about earlier you know getting to spend time with in other parts of my life being soft and gentle uh, that's not something that I really feel is possible in the music industry I'm very lucky to have an incredibly supportive team and I really love them um, and you know we try and make it as good as possible uh, but it is hard to be vulnerable um, and particularly when it comes to touring, you know, it's financial pressure. It's you're pushing yourself to the absolute limits physically, or I definitely am and emotionally. Uh, and you can't stop. You just have to keep going. And I find mm. that challenging. Um, and it makes me think, you know, 
about I think that the music industry can potentially be not a very inclusive place uh, people who are less physically able for instance um, anyone who has any kind of vulnerability either physically or mentally that's really tough to do this and I think that's what we're seeing at the moment is people just refusing to push themselves beyond breaking point I think that's really healthy to see people yeah. stopping that culture or trying to but we have a long way to go yet you know the fact that there is no governmental support means it's actually not possible to tour healthily for a lot of people because you're on you're on a tiny little budget and venues are on a small budget so yeah. I mean that that's the reality of it that said I'm not trying to be down because touring is also incredibly exhilarating and beautiful and exciting and I love it <laughs> but totally. there is that side to it that I think is is not often acknowledged or is only starting to be acknowledged publicly now that there's a slither of of this conversation that isn't woe is me or woe is you mm. but is is like you know looking at, at like the reality because I, I I suppose for so many people the music industry is so many musicians are willing to work for free yeah. you know and, and to lose money on tour just to get the exposure now that's a word that we hear a lot yeah. and and so to be able to to have some you know self-awareness perhaps respect for yourself you know yeah. to be able to to see yourself of of what you are I mean that's something that I struggled with you yeah. know, a few years ago playing because because I'll just take every opportunity and and not think about myself really mm. and that that does come out in the end really doesn't it I mean it sounds like you're being sounds like you're being very sensible I'm also I like I said my team are incredibly supportive I'm very lucky to have that I know that's not yeah. always the case uh, and yeah. they are very respectful of my boundaries uh, yeah. and that you know yeah I'm lucky in that way Brilliant. Well, thanks so much, Clara. This is great. I absolutely love the EP. Oh, thank you you've so got, much. <laughs> you got you got such an amazing voice, such an amazing mm. sound, thank and I, and I think now is a really lovely time for quiet yeah. stuff. How was Pitchfork the other day? Oh, Pitchfork was wonderful. It was at the end of the tour, so I was quite tired. I got back from Glasgow the day before to London, uh, and I think. It just also felt like quite an emotional show. You know, the hometown show is quite a big deal. It was Pitchfork. That was a big deal. Um, a lot of friends I hadn't seen in a long time, people I wasn't expecting to come, came to the show, which was overwhelming and lovely. Um, and I think I felt a little bit vulnerable on stage. And I'm not someone who gets nervous at all anymore playing. Uh, and sometimes it's quite nice to have that slight edge or fragility to a performance. I think it adds an intensity to it for both performer and audience. And, you know, you're singing emotional songs and pieces of yourself that you're putting out there. It's right that it be a little bit vulnerable. It'd be false to pretend anything else. Uh, nice. So it's really beautiful to share that with a really attentive, respectful audience. You know, it was a really wonderful experience for me. Great to hear. Brilliant. And and I absolutely see that. You know, it's like when you're speaking to a, a close friend or, you know, it's saying something, you know, when you give a part away of yourself, that's a, that's quite a... For me, that's kind of one of the most special moments of life in life, really. And, yeah. and that is what you get from the amazing records. You, you know, you feel like someone's telling you a secret. Yeah, it's or... intimate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's brilliant. Well, thank you so much. I mean, just to end with, um, I'm putting you on the spot here, but I, 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 I'm quite a big fan of work gaffes, you know, kind of making mistakes at work. I mean, like I've, I've always been one who makes uh, mistakes every week. You know, I always kind of fuck things up. Have you? Have, does anything come to mind? Like any any funny stories or moments or anecdotes you might find yourself telling telling friends? I'm trying to think. I, when I was um, 
when I was on tour in May with Daniel Ross and we did a, a European tour and I was opening for him each night, which was a wonderful, incredible tour, really a big adventure. Um, but we played a quite a weird show in Turin, uh, in this like round church on the outskirts in, um, of Turin. And I had to get back to the place I was staying in the center of town. And so I asked the venue to call me a cab because obviously they don't have Uber there, something I should have thought about. A uh, very nice person did. Uh, and the cab driver arrived, I got in, I had my guitar and my stuff, and I was going to a little apartment where some friends I didn't know, but like friends of friends were hosting me. And it was on sort of, I guess about a half hour from where the venue was. Um, anyway, the taxi driver was super nice to me. Uh, and then he asked me, are you staying in a hotel? Are you staying with friends? And I was like, I'm staying with friends. And also worth mentioning the whole time, because I speak French, I was pretending to be French because I'm terrified of being taken for granted <laughs> as an English person, because they look, take one look at you and they're like, this woman is a foolish English woman. Yeah, <laughs> so pretending to be French, doing all this. Um, and I got out and I checked the meter and it said about 23 euros and I got out and he said, that'll be 60 euros. And I was like, no, it won't. It's, it's 23, I've just seen. He was like, that'll be 60 euros. And he could see my purse in my hand and it was like one o'clock in the morning. I had all my stuff on the side of the road and I was in the middle of nowhere on the outskirts of the city with no one. And he was just like, that's gonna be 60 euros. And he started moving towards me and I was like, just take it, just take, just take 60 euros, you can have it. So it was what I would describe as a very gentle mugging. Um, <laughs> and then I had to <laughs> find my way into the apartment and everything in the dark, not speaking any Italian. Anyway, bit of a nightmare. Here I am to tell the story. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That sucks. <laughs> okay. You live and you learn. That's tour life. That's rock and roll. As I like to say. <laughs> that is rock and roll. Cheers, Clara. Thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely to speak. So that was Clara Mann on 101 Part-Time Jobs. Her EP, Stay Open, is out now. Hopefully she'll be playing some shows in London and the UK in general. Looking forward to that. See you next week for a new episode. Here's Cox Barra. I've been working all day for me mate on the side Running around like a blue ass fly I've been working, yeah I've been working all day for me mate Every bleeding minute I've been on the go This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.